folks, welcome to Here's the Silent Movie Review Time. I'm Jeff. On the other side of the glass is my buddy Mike. Good evening, sir. Good evening, guys. You? I'm back again. I let I let uh, Jeff do his uh let his let him do a solo run on the uh, last uh, review. <laughs> on, the, on the hangover, I was uh, doing a hangover while hungover. So yeah, it was, yeah. It was apropos. Uh, I was not in the right headspace to join us, so I thought it'd be best for nobody to hear my mouth that night. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we missed you, buddy. We oh, missed yeah. you. Uh, we're, we're glad you're back doing some review time with us and uh, other good stuff down the road. So, so what are end. what are we doing this month? Obviously, last month was our drinking month, guys. So make sure you check that out. Oh, a yeah. whole bunch of fun drinking. A lot, a lot of good stuff. A lot of good stuff. Uh, yeah, drinking month. Uh, yeah, my uh, my kidneys and my liver will thank me later, I guess. But uh, <laughs> or maybe not. We're doing decades. We're back to doing 2000, 2010s this month. So uh, we got some good ones, and we're going to start off by doing. Probably one of my favorite movies when I saw it because I was not a big, never heard of Guy Ritchie until I saw this film. And then, of course, what I'm talking about is Snatch. That's the 2000 Guy Ritchie film. Um, host of, I mean, you're going to read the cast list right now, but just like ridiculous amount of people in this film from like the old school era film. Not old school, but I kind of like, I always like mention like late 70s or mid 80s, all those guys. And like the newer crowd that's coming in. Which I mean, like, uh, you know, I'll give you an example, like Jason Statement and Dennis Fiera. Fiera is like one of those guys, late 70s, 80s guys. And then this is, I believe this is Jason Statement's first starring, not starring role, but maybe like almost like a supporting role in a film, like a big film. And then, of course, he went on to bigger and better things afterwards. So, yeah, we're doing Snatch. So what do you think, buddy, about Snatch? I I love Snatch. It was like that first introduction because we started getting a lot more British style movies like these these sort of um i don't want to call them crime but like heist-esque style movies we started getting a lot more i think this was like the the intro into the into that style and we started seeing more and more come through Mm. of those um and i've always loved that style of movies i mean if you you know you start looking at like you know um was it lock stock and two smoking guns and i mean there was just so many out that that came out around that time um, and it, I mean, I loved them all. This was a, uh, this was like your introduction to it, and it was a nice introduction for some of us that aren't very like, like aware of those, mm. you know. And and this is like a good intro because you had a lot of great actors that we recognized from it. You know, Brad Pitt was. I remember that was the big thing. And then when I went to go see it, I was like, well, Pitt's like this like B B character to the whole thing. He wasn't even really part yeah. of the. So, and actually, I take that back. Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels actually came out two years before this. Sorry, that was that was my fault. But uh, another good movie. Yeah. Uh, when was Smoke and Aces? Smoke and Aces came out before this as well, I think. I believe so. Yeah, but I just remember yeah. like just like this was the one that stood out to me the most. So I guess that's probably why in my head I think that it's like this started it all. Um, but then you also you got a lot of folks forget this was also produced by uh, Matthew Vaughn, who yeah. went off to do fucking Kick Ass and X Men First Class and the Kingsman series. Yeah, uh, the, yeah. Fir- the first two. I don't know if did he do the. Yeah, he did this. He did the third one, the most recent one. Yeah. Wasn't wasn't my favorite. I mean, I'm not saying it's a bad movie. I'm saying compared to the first two, it just doesn't hold up. I think, uh, I, and I, I think it was just the cast because you went to a different cast, and I think usually when you jump that that hard, you take that hard of a turn in in a movie franchise. I think that 
it, that loses a lot of fans. It, it, and it, that's where it kind of lost me. And I think when I was telling you about it, I was like, well, this is, and then you, you were like, well, it's the beginning of the Kingsman. And like, uh, yeah, I, saw- I mean, I, dude, I'm always positive. I'm like, I want, yeah, I'd love to see that. You're always one that likes to see where things started. And I was like, mm-hmm. this should be it. And it just, uh... it really, yeah, it was, but it, it wasn't. There were some other things there. Like it, they did a turn. I mean, I'm not going to ruin it for you guys if you haven't seen it, but there's something that happens in the film that I, Really didn't see coming, and I was like, "What?" Yeah. I, I, so anyway, just I well, you always see you always see that in these kind of movies, but uh, but uh, not only that, we we talk about the X Men. There's a freaking X Men alumni in a snatch. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah that's Jones, right, Vinny Jones, Vinny Jones. Well, he's X three. He's uh, from that whole. He's still, still X Men. He's still X Men. Yeah, he's the, he's the juggernaut. Until uh, Ryan Reynolds took over that. And, of course, we got we got uh, Benicio Del Toro. And, honestly, a lot of folks were not fans of I mean, you were not a fan of his his time in Star Wars. But I saw Frankie Two Fingers in Star Wars. That's who he was playing. I mean, you really look at the characteristics. He was basically playing Frankie Two Fingers. Like, I just his, wish that stuttering thing just kind of bugged me. But, like, this, this character was fine because it, it was like almost like a real-world character. He played both sides. Yeah. Spoiler alert! If you didn't watch it, yeah. but uh, he was kind of like a almost like a uh, not a mercenary, but like an arms dealer, and just basically just dealing both ends. And I thought that I was like, oh wow, that's a really realistic form to put a character in, especially in Star Wars. You don't see characters like that; they're very real world and just going like if this really yeah. happened. And it's so funny is like people are such fans of the television series now. I was like, that's what they did. It's, he was sort of that first intro yeah, he into that world. You know, it's always been talked that George was always trying to put together. And he did. I mean, he has a lot of, if you score, if you scour uh, YouTube, you'll find videos of, what was it sector 13 or what was it? What was the show called or going to be called? Uh, it was uh, 1313. 13, yeah. You will find a lot of uh, demo stuff that they were trying to do out there. And you just kind of got to check it out and, and see, but yeah, they were out there, and uh, you know, and I think yeah, I think Benicio's character was a uh, you know the first intro to that to that kind of world. Uh, but yeah, I mean, great cast. I mean, I don't know if you want to run through the cast or if you want me to or uh, yeah, go th- go run through the cast real quick. All right, we start off with Jason Statham. Obviously, he plays Turkish. Uh, we have a uh, Stephen Graham who plays Tommy. I absolutely love him in this. I he was one of those characters I hadn't or actors I, I don't remember ever seeing, uh, but I just loved his, his what he did. You know, just his personality. Was, and like, it's like you said at the beginning, like pretty much there's no lead character in this film. Everybody's mm. sort of like supporting one another oh, and yeah. they're all great in the roles. And like he's, he's, I think he's really good for the role he plays, especially with Turkish, that he has to feed off him and be, not, not be the butt of every joke, but he's sort of like, you know, not the sidekick, the Turkish almost, but in the, he, like I said, he's like almost the butt of every joke. But, he um, is, but and I love him and Jay. I love him and Jason's like the like chemistry through the whole movie. Because yeah. I mean, he did start off. We I've known him f- forever, you know. So he's like, you just have that great relationship. Uh, next, we see uh, Abraham Abraham cousin Avi, uh, who's played by uh, Dennis uh, Farina. Um, Dennis Farina, yeah, Man Russia's Hunter, soul. Midnight Run. I mean, just amazing. If you see him, you know it's going to be a, a good gritty freaking uh, thing going on there. I think he been uh, towards his later years. He was in LA, LA, LA law, <laughs> law and order. He was a cop, so he kind of put his run on that. And uh, yeah, he was like Get Shorty. Yeah, he was uh, Joe Fontana on Law and Order, and he was also uh, he's most people don't realize it, but he ho- he hosted and narrated uh, the Unsolved Mysteries on Spike TV there for a while. Mm. 
if anybody remembers coming home drunk in the middle I of the night and uh, passing <laughs> out for that. Are you speaking, <laughs> speaking experience? from experience? Yes. <laughs> I'm also the guy that got, came home and was drunk one night and woke up seeing the colorized version of Andy Griffin. Did not know that existed until that uh, night. Man, you must have been freaking out. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> what did I drink? <laughs> did you get roofied? <laughs> uh, well, then we also we have Mickey O'Neill played by Brad Pitt. Great. I mean, this is where, like, I've seen Brad do so many different things up to that point in his life, you know, where you saw him starting off in his career and then, you know, jumping just, just everything he's done from that Thelma Louise, Legends of the Fall, Seven, all these great movies, 12 Monkeys, but then him taking on this this heavy gypsy, I, I don't think it was co- a Cockney accent, but just this, just very, very over the top, can't understand them. And I love the fact that anytime anybody gets over there, and a lot of folks talk about like how it's sometimes you have the British accent, especially with Jason Statham. Sometimes he's hard to understand, but it's funny to hear Jason go, anybody, you understand what he said? <laughs> yeah, that was, that line is like, he's like, okay. Uh, you understand what he said, told me? <laughs> so, and then of course we have Alan Ford plays Bricktop. We have Robbie Key who plays uh, Vinny. Lenny Vinny. James who plays Soul. Uh, of course, we talked about Frankie Four Fingers with Nisha Del, Del Tora, uh, Ada, who plays um, Tyrone, and then I mean, just the list goes on and on. Like I said, yeah, it's so so such a long list to to go through everybody, but yeah, yeah, I mean, you, major... you name like like everybody in this cast. Like I said, they they do their job to the like like even if you have like one, I think the Getaway Driver was like a big. I don't think we mentioned his name. It was a big big burly black guy, <laughs> and even him. For the limited scenes he's in, he makes an impact. You know, when he's looking at the when we, when we do the review, he's like, "Hey, you know, you, can you park right there?" He's like, "No, I can't fit it in there." He's like, "Look at that! It looks like the size of an airport. You can't park there." Like just freaking hysterical. Everybody has their moment in this film, so that's yeah, the one yeah, that look. Was it shut up and look ahead? Just shut up and look ahead. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys, we're gonna play the trailer for you real quick, and then we're gonna jump in and just talk about the movie. Let's get ready to rumble. Key Four Fingers has a diamond the size of a fist. 86 carats. Do you know something that I've done? Jeez, it's flawless. Where? London. London. You know, fish, chips, cup of tea, Mary Poppins, London. What do I know about diamonds? I'm a boxing promoter. I've got a bare knuckle fight. I want to use the pikey. Let's get back to there. Concentrate. Ah. Uh, what? Gonna have to repeat that. Let's get back to there. Concentrate. You what? What is a gun doing in your trousers? For protection. Protection from what? The Germans. <laughs> Open the case and give me the stone. The only man who knew the combination. You just shot. In the quiet words of the Virgin Mary, come again. There is the stone. Heavy. Shut up and sit down, you big ball. So what should I call you? You should call me Susan if it makes you happy. I don't care if it's Mohammed, Imad, Bruce Lee. You're going down in the fall. Shit. Bad boy yardies are supposed to know how to get rid of bodies. The best thing to do is feed them to pigs. You've got to starve the pigs for a few days. Then the sight of a chopped up body will look like curry to a pissing. Anything to declare? Yeah. Don't go to England. Uh, you sign a sauce frame furniture. And uh, scar her cushions with uh, mats and sack my clover. Do you understand a single word of what you said? All right, guys. So there we go. Yeah. Now, it's funny is um, 
when this movie was uh, getting re- getting made, uh, a lot of critics like were still complaining about Lock, Sock, and Two Smoking Barrels, and how like the accents of the characters just like a lot of critics are complaining about that. So Guy Ritchie on purpose to counter what the critics were saying made Brad Pitt's character so un ununderstandable. <laughs> so that way he like he's like, oh, you think that th- you think that those are bad? Well, here's one even worse. So he made sure that not only did the audience not understand him, but again, the movie characters couldn't understand him either. So he just made it so much, you know, he just had to jive, you know, jab at him. And he added to the character, like, what, what do they call oh, it? Yeah. The cock, cockmish? Sort of I don't, like I said, I don't know if it's a Cockney accent. I'm not very, I don't know all the difference. Just like here in America, we know everybody's accent based off of where you're from. And same thing goes for every other country. My ex-wife was from Sweden. She, her roommate was from southern Sweden. Oh, and wow. she was from more northern Sweden, and I was like, how do you tell the difference? Because she's got an accent. I'm like, really? She just looks at me. She goes, <laughs> she, and she, like, she looks at me. She goes, you know those southern boys? I was like, yeah. I was like, she's that. I'm like, oh, okay. Gotcha now. Uh... <laughs> and I, that's when I was like, you know I'm from Florida, right? We're really southern. She's like, yeah, but you're not. not you're, you're, you're the really deep southern. This one's like, yeah. It's just, it's, she's like, no. It's not I, I, that's hysterical, <laughs> but like. That's that's a Jason statement right there. Yeah. Yeah. So you want to do with the plot, or you want me to go ahead and hit it for you? Ah, uh, you do the plot this time. You've been right. away for. It. All Thank right. You. So after stealing an eighty-six eighty-six carat diamond while dressed in it as an unorthodox Jew during a heist, and uh, and I'm going to butcher every one of these British towns, folks. So I do apologize if I offend, offend anybody. In a heist in Antwerp. Uh, um, good job, Antwerp. Yep. yep. Uh, Frankie Four Fingers, and I even watched the movie today too, so I sh- it should be fresh in my head. But no, yeah, drugs, okay. drugs are bad, kids. Drugs are bad. So, uh, so he goes to London to see a diamond dealer, uh, Doug the Head, uh, on behalf of the New York Jewelry and the Jewish American organizations. Now, if folks, if you guys watch the movie, you'll see them make the comment that Doug the Head is not Jewish. Not Jewish. he just dresses. <laughs> Jewish. Where's the where's the where's the yarmulke? Goes around, but but he's rude to like all the Hasidic Jews that are around there. Like there's some of them hanging out in the front of his shop, and he's like, "You can, we just can't hang around here. It's a free country. Not here. Go Not here. get the heck. Yeah, he didn't say that nicely. Like yeah. he just is. <laughs> so uh, so he, uh, in like I say the the Jewish American crime uh, figure uh, cousin Avi. Now cousin Avi, who was. Uh, who we who we uh, you heard in the trailer? Who's played by uh, Dennis Avery or Fer- Farina? Very colorful character in this, uh, and he, he just really he's he's probably one of my favorite ones as far as like that overtop kind of gangster thing. Like he yeah. plays that he plays that role perfectly. Funny thing about him is in a movie with like a lot of these heavy accents we're talking about. He's a New York guy. He's with the New York accent. Yeah. He's like, hey. <laughs> Just sit down, you fat bald fuck. <laughs> I love that. Got anything to claim? Yeah, never come back to New York or to London. That, that, that was one of my favorites. <laughs> never go to because he's got he's had to fly back and forth. I think like I think it ended up being like three times in the movie. Or I something. think it was like three times. Or and what I love about the film is like you see the plane like taking off and yeah. the and it says like London and it says New York and he, you could see like he's pissed. He hates well, yeah, because he's doing shots on the plane and it's, he's just by the end of it, he's just his eyes are baggy, hair's he's a mess. Sober. He's done. <laughs> So, uh, so one of the other robbers advises Frankie to obtain a gun from his brother, arms dealer, and ex KGB agents Boris the Blade. Uh, Boris the Blade is played by, oh yeah, I'm not going to be able to say this one. Raid is a Croatian actor. Um, trying to find something he's best uh, known for. 
He was he was in Batman Begins. He was the homeless guy. Oh, okay. And he was also in uh, uh, Harry Potter, Deathly Hollows one, X Men First Class, another X Men alumni. He was the the main villain in the Saint Val Kilmer Saint. Yes. So yeah. Oh, so he's so definitely been around. Yeah. When I saw him, I was like, man, he looks really really familiar, and I just could not place his yeah you know, in movies I've seen him in. So. Oh, I recognize him right away, man. I, I will always, like I said, he's always the, the bad guy in The Saint. I see, okay. See, I haven't seen The Saint in first. God, almost. Mm. Yeah, it's got to be a Saint's got to be a decade at least. Not saying it's because I don't like it. It's just no. I a guess lot, a lot more. A lot more. Uh, a lot more. I want to watch. I have to rearrange the list, man. I might have to put The Saint down. I think I did. I have to look a look anyway. Uh, uh, so then later, Boris in, uh, encounters him to uh, or encourages him to steal the diamond from Frankly before he can turn it over to Doug. Meanwhile, Cockney Boxer. So yeah, Cockney. So we, we I was Cockney. right on that one. So Cockney uh, Boxer. Actually, no, Cockney Boxer is for Turkish. That is um, that is Jason oh, Statham. Okay. That's his accent. So uh, Cockney Boxer promoter and slot machine shop owner Turkish is persuaded by his crime boss Bricktop to put his boxer uh, Gorgeous George. Of course, you got to have a Gorgeous George boxer or wrestler. Doesn't matter. Yeah, there's always got to be a Gorgeous George in every sport. Man. I think that, I think it was. A, I think if you look up that name, Gorgeous George, it's in wrestling, it's in boxing. I believe in baseball there was a. Gorgeous there have been George. three Gorgeous Georges I know of in wrestling. So you know there there's, two, there's been two wrestlers and and I know of a uh, of a valet. So yeah, so. <laughs> so I definitely know that one. So Gorgeous George to purchase a caravan from a clan of Irish travelers. Now any folks that are wondering what a caravan is. It's a trailer. They're trailer, going man. to a trailer park in England. It's a fancy word yeah. for trailer. That's all it is. <laughs> uh, so they go to a clan of Irish travelers. Now, these Irish travelers are gypsies. Uh, the gypsy community is very big in Europe. Most folks don't, you know, here in America, we don't think past our fucking noses on our face. But there is a rather, still a very rather large gypsy community scattered all around Europe. My, uh, my ex-wife has talked about that being from Sweden. She talked about the gypsies that traveled, you know, around and uh, basically kind of like they kind of have converted themselves into a traveling trailer park in a, in a way. So and it's easy for them to get up and move on to the to the other areas. Yeah, um, they're almost like the circus. They kind of like a little community like that. Well, that's why I was saying, yeah, they kind of yeah. can pick up and travel around. Now, the one thing that's big and different uh, over in Europe, especially now with the uh, European Union over there, uh, and it's been this way even before the European Union. That the law of you know property and things of that nature, that people can camp out on property and, and public properties and, and and in some areas private properties over there, as long as it's not a, a station that they can get up and move, that they're they're fine to do that. Uh, that's why it's very big for people to you know, always say, hey, I'm going I'm going hitchhiking in Europe, because you can just hitchhike and just stop and camp wherever the fuck you want. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. So that that kind of that kind of life is very prevalent over there. Uh, so George gets challenged to a fist fight. Uh, the traveler bare knuckle boxing champion by uh, Mickey O'Neill, who that's Brad Pitt, who beats up uh, beats up severely and injures George. I mean, he they try to go there basically to buy another trailer uh, because uh, because Turkish needs one for his for his business. He needs, I guess, the one he's got is like it, it is a pile of crap. Well, they, they show the scene where remember where he's uh, he took off the door handle. Yeah, he's like it's it's fine. It's, it's fine there, Turkish. He's like yeah. It is fine. Absolute laces there, Tommy. And I just and he rips the door <laughs> yeah. off because it's so cheaply made. <laughs> so they they send him over to pick up a, a new uh, a new trailer. And uh, once they get there, they they get to a little fight because as they're trying to leave the campsite, 
the back axle falls off and then they proceed to fight about, you know, the piece of crap. And so they're like, just give us our money back. You can have the trailer. Why do I want a trailer that's got a broken axle? You gave it to us. So, so that's when the fight ensues. And of course, gorgeous George gets his ass severely beat. And uh, so they have to. It wasn't to, even really a fight, man. It was no. just, he just knocked him out with one hit. That was it. Well, it was a bit. Yeah. Um, uh, Mickey was letting him. I think. I think Mickey was playing a little rope, dope rope. I, 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 yeah, I think he was too. I think <laughs> like, let's see what you got. I can take it. I can take it. Okay, that's all you got. Bam, knocks him down. He's like, finish the yeah. job, finish the job. He's saying, stay down. And then all of a sudden, boom. So and then it goes slow mo. Turkey, uh, Turkey, Turkish. Uh, turkey. I was looking at Mickey. <laughs> I was combining Turkish and Mickey. So little brother Turkey. Yeah. So uh, Turkish persuades Mickey to replace George in the up and up and coming match, uh, agreeing to. Oh, agreeing to purchase. Sorry, I had to change the lines there. Agreeing to purchase a new caravan for Mickey's mother, uh, which is awesome. And so they they sit down and they're talking. Hey, you know what? We can. What do you? What's your payment want to be? He's like, and he, of course, nobody understands what anybody else is saying. What is happening, mom? Yeah, and mom. <laughs> what? And of course, he's sitting in there with a bunch of his other friends. And like, what? What? Who? For who? His mom and the whole, everybody else. It. Oh, you forgot about the dags, man. When he mentions the dags, one dag, dope dags. No, they're dags. They're dopes. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, I think it was a brilliant choice by um, uh, by Guy Ritchie to leave. Uh, you know, pretty much Brad Pitt under under on un- an understandable on un- 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 Well, you couldn't understand a word he's saying. Yeah, because it added to the character. Like, can you imagine if he just had like a basic English accent? Kind of ruined the whole character. Yeah, it would. Yeah. So, so he agrees to buy him a get him a trailer for his mom. And uh, so Bricktop uh, uh, grudgingly agrees, but only on one condition, that if Mickey will throw the fight in the fourth round. So Mickey's got to throw the fight. And again, he's, he's a hardcore mm. pride, you know, so you're not sure what he's going to do there. Boris finally gives Frankly a revolver in exchange for a favor. Frankly is, frankly, God damn it, I can't talk tonight. No, you're good, Frankie Frankie. is to place a bet on Mor- or Boris's behalf. At the uh, Bricktop's bookies, because uh, Frankie is not allowed to go in there because he's four fingers for a reason. He's uh, lost a few bets, and that's well. <laughs> why they, they even they. I think Dennis Ferry even says it when he's talking to Doug over the phone. I think it's face to face. You know why they call him Frankie Four Fingers? <laughs> no, no, it was it was over the phone, but the screen was split screen, so you saw one. Okay, and, yeah. okay, so that's why. I so, yeah, he's like, you know what? He's he's a degenerate, de- degenerate gambler. Any place there's a bet going on, he's gonna be there. <laughs> that's what they call. And he's just, and he's what he's worried about is that he's Frankie's going to fucking use the the eighty six carat diamond to for his bet. Yeah, I mean that's what I mean. I get why he's afraid. So uh, so he says, you know, to get some uh, gets him to put do a booking for him. Uh, Avi knows uh, about Frankie's gambling addiction and flies uh, to London with his bodyguard Rosebud to pick up the diamond personally. Boris hires Vinny and Sol, two small time crooks, uh, to rob Frankie while he is at the uh, at his bookies. Uh, and the robbery goes horribly wrong. Now, Frank, uh, Vinny and Sol are there with his with their getaway driver, like you were talking about the driver that they were with. <laughs> so good, and man. and their dog, who unintentionally swallows a squeaky toy, which becomes a running joke through the whole fucking movie, all the way to the very end. Yeah, it's and this this poor. <laughs> his poor pit bull swallows a squeaky toy, and everybody's hug, you know petting him. Squeak, 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 squeak. So it's it's great. And when, that, and when he because we I love it because like you just say when he barks, he just stays. He squeaks the yeah. same time. <laughs> Freaking hysterical. That's a, that's another good thing that guy left in there. Which dude again, 
could have been seen very stupid. Could have, yeah. Yeah, but they, they kept together. Now, what's funny is the every mistake that Soul and Vinny and Tyrone that we see these three guys at throughout the movie, we'll see them make numerous mistakes. Uh, no, trying, can I stop you right there yeah. before you keep going? With these three like gentlemen who were portraying like, the, like these just bumbling idiots, for some reason when the movie ended, I wanted to see a movie with those three. Like I think of like if Guy Ritchie would – like I know it was never going to happen. It's way too late now. But my God, like the chemistry those three had, yeah. like the ribbing they did on each other was just freaking hysterical. Like the whole thing with the parking, like, hey, it's like this, Audio, oh, you got these squeaks. It just it it just worked for me. But now, uh, like I was saying, everything that these three do, every mistake that these guys make is inspired by various late night TV shows, real life you know, the real life crime. Everything oh, really? that they, everything that these guys do are real life crimes that have gone horribly wrong. They basically guy just took those ideas and threw it and basically put every single one of these guys into that position. Hmm. So that's why you know, when you watch them, it's just it's just nonstop, just hysterics. Yeah, they're fantastic. Oh shit, I lost it. Yeah, oh, I got sorry. Then I lost my plot somewhere here. Good. <laughs> <laughs> so as we were saying, the robbery goes awry and, and Sol, Vinny, and their driver Tyrone are caught on camera but manage to uh, kidnap Frankie. Now instead of uh, throwing the fight, Mickey accidentally knocks his opponent out with a single punch due to his overwhelming power. Now the fight looks like it was going good. Like they're going back and forth. It's not a quick fight and bam, he knocks him down. No, they, they had a couple of stops. You know, there were, I think the, the first thing that happened is like he came out and just you know hit him really quick. Mm-hmm. Dropped him. The guy got back up, and then they, I think they went another like one or two rounds, and then finally he just, I guess the guy hit him the wrong way, and he's just like, oh, screw you. You're going down now. Yeah, you know, he, uh, so to, to put a wrestling term in, he gave him a receipt really quick. Ooh, yeah, he, <laughs> and, he was basically one punch man for you guys. Yeah. Who he's one punch man. To knock him out so infuriated, uh, Bricktop robs Turkish of his life savings and demands that Mickey fight again and lose since the majority of the gamblers uh, will now bet on him. Uh, now, Bricktop, here's an uh, interesting thing about Bricktop. The actor that, that portrays him was actually originally uh, um, offered to a one Sean Connery. Mm. Uh, Connery liked the script, was curious to see uh, Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels. So producer Matthew Vaughn hastily arranged a screening for him uh, at the uh, like an extreme short notice. Uh, Connery uh, duly turned up and watched the film before emerging with his judgment that this is a good film – Said and in his stage whisper, "You're not going to be able to offer, offer to me, you know, or afford me. Sorry. So because he just knew it that's just, too bad, yeah. man. I would love to have seen him in his film too. Although I can't see him being Bricktop, it would have been interesting though. But that's the times that you you see actors like break away and do things that you're like, man, I would have never imagined him playing that role, and now he's mm. he's there, and you're like, wow, and that was probably the best thing I've seen him do in a decade." Hey, look at let's talk about recent Robert Pattinson, man. That's all I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, I mean, you see somebody like take a you see when you see great actors take a risk, even good actors taking a risk in a role and seeing what they become. It's yeah, that's when you're seeing real magic and seeing you know mm. seeing them take a chance and and finding themselves and like man, I because they've been so typecast into like a little niche. You just went like Brad Pitt's a good example here. You know, yeah, he had just come off of uh, doing um, Fight Club. And he was worried. He's like, I don't want to be, I don't want to be like typecast as a fighter guy. But it's not. It's the way you know the way when he was you know told. He's like, well, you're gonna be a boxer. He's like, yeah, I don't know. He's like, no, but, but let me explain a little bit more and explain more about the character. Like 
this is like a you know a big change for Brad. So, what what better way of seeing like Brad take a chance and then seeing like Sean Connery take a chance? I mean, you, you imagine what that could have done to his career. Oh my god! But at the same time, I do understand some actors that are that level. They don't want to take that cut because they feel if I take the cut now, if I get offered something else, they won't pay me that. You know, they won't pay me back to what I normally am. But that's when you just take that chance. You know, you gotta. Yeah. Just, just say it's it. like a passion project or something like, hey, you know, I'm doing this for scale and just want to do it for what's, a little bit. What's the joke? Um, is it? It's not in Dogma. It's in Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, and it's Ben Affleck and, and Matt Damon, and they're and they're doing the sequel. To, oh yeah, <laughs> I remember that. So Goodwill like, Hunting. He's like, you know, you got to do the art film, and then you got to do the you know the the, the action film, and then you got to do that film where you, you owe your buddy one. And then they, and then go, they, turn, they, they, they turn to the camera. camera. Yeah. So, you know, every once in a while, I think it, actors really need to just take that pause and say, you know what? I think this is a, such a great idea. I'm going to jump in and do it. Um, you know, we've seen them just take, take those chances. It seems like Meryl Streep take chances like that. Uh, I, I always go back to somebody that's like, that's a big actor and then takes it just like, hey, I'm going to step in in this role, but I don't want anything for it. Um, mm. I always go look back to Interview with a Vampire and uh, Christian Slater. Filling in because that was original. That role was originally for, for Joaquin, uh, Phoenix, yeah, Joaquin right? Phoenix, and of course he passed away. And you know, Christian Slater stepped in, did the role, could have said, "Hey, I, well, you, you guys are kind of hung right now. I, I, I'm coming and saving you right now." Instead, no, he stepped in, did this great little role, and basically turned the money over to. I think it was to one of a um, not Joaquin. Sorry, it's River Phoenix is, is who it, who it was. Joaquin, yeah, yeah, Joaquin still alive? I don't know. Um, but, you know, he turned it over, to, I think, to one of his charities. You know, he didn't, didn't take any money, just turned that money over. So it's like times you see that. And I think I th- bet you if Sean would have taken that chance and taken that cut, I bet you his career would have would have been a lot different. I agree because a role like that, not a big role, but just like a little – like I said at the beginning of this review, it's like there's no – not really a, a lead actor in this film. No, they're all – Everybody has their own individual parts that where they shine. And yeah. I, I don't know. If he, maybe he couldn't deal with it, but I think it would just add it, man, like another layer. Yeah. Well, you got to think, man. This only had a, this only had a budget of $10 million. Made know? 83. It made dough. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, yeah. But yeah. profit if he only knew. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, he could have he could have said, "Hey, you know what? Let me just, I'll, I'll do it for this amount, but you know, uh, for you know, let me get give a percentage. Me yeah, give me uh, points or percentage, and he probably would have been great, and it probably would have revitalized his career. Not only that, in in the eyes of the of the audience, but maybe in his eyes to where you know, if he had done this movie and then had gone ahead and still done Leagues of Extraordinary Gentlemen, maybe he still would have felt better about continuing on instead of taking that hit. Yeah, and instead of retiring yeah. after that movie, it was so bad. <laughs> So we get up to the fight. So instead of throwing the fight, Mickey uh, accidentally – oh, no. We already did that one. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. You're good. Yeah, so – Okay. So furious uh, Bricktop's uh, men vandalized Turkish's gambling academy or arcade, uh, burning down Mickey's mother's caravan so while she is asleep yeah. inside. So, I mean, really, really cutting down and uh, going after Mickey. You don't want to piss him off. Meanwhile, Boris retrieves the diamond and murders Frankie with a pistol. Now, during the scene where he gets the diamond back is probably some of the funniest shit I think I've seen in, in the movies. That whole scene went down because, well, it's well, it's when he does that because right after that you see a brick um, brick top. He tracks down Soul, Vinny, and Tyrone and their friend, uh, the Jamaican Yardy Bad Boy. Uh, and they you know planning killing the robbery for the bookies, and they just that whole scene with them and the dog. Just kills me. That and um, 
Have you got to the part where they hold up Vinnie Jones yet, or is that coming next? I think that's coming up. Yeah. Okay. But uh, yeah, it's, they, they're they're talking about you know they, you talk about the, the you know hey well I need to get in the safe well you just killed the guy that the one guy that can get into the safe again in the safe. <laughs> so you just like, like I said the th- just hysterical those two guys. So uh, Av and Doug hire Bluetooth uh, Tony. That is uh, that is Vinnie Jones. So that we're there now, uh, and I, I love the the whole scene with him where he's like, "What should I call you? Should I call you Sally?" And I'm like, "That's what you want to call me." Go ahead. I mean, I call just me love the fuck you want. Yeah. <laughs> and he's sitting there with these two twins, which yeah. I love. Well, the two way. twins are um, were uh, not Tommy. Oh, that's Doug um, the head. That's Doug the heads. Yeah, the heads uh, daughters. Yeah. Well, his daughters. Yeah, that's what the way when we were the, we were introduced to him. He oh, walked into sister. the. He walked in. Maybe they were sisters. I thought the way he referred to them mm. was they were they were his daughters. Because there was like a, there was a brief that. there was a brief conversation when he walked into the jewelry store for the first time. Hey, I need to see you girls. And they started talking. I thought one of them called him dad. Dad, you, you might be right. I got to remember. I think. I just know after that scene in my head, I was like, okay, these are family for him. So. Okay. I thought they were just like some random hot girls worked. So when the trail leads to Boris, uh, they kidnap him and retrieve the diamond while being uh, closely pursued by Saul, Vinny, and Tyrone. Uh, Turkish and Tommy, who are on their way to purchase a gun from Boris, uh, are driving on uh, the same stretch of road at the time. When Tommy throws Turkish's carton of milk out of the car window, which is another great scene, he does it. it splashes all over Tony's windshield, causing him to crash, which accidentally kills Rosebud in the process. Uh, Boris escapes from the wreck and only to be hit by Tyrone's car. Again, just, I mean, just great, just one after the other, just leading into this better, you know, this story just growing. And if you didn't catch at the beginning, he, he is, he was Boris the Blade, but he is Boris the Bullet Dodger. So throughout the, like the latter parts of this film, you'll see him like thinking that he's dead, but he's not dead. He just keeps coming yeah. back, <laughs> which I think is hysterical. Anyway, I'm sorry. Keep going. <laughs> oh, no, you're fine. Yeah, uh, And so Boris escapes from the wreck, like we were saying, and then is hit by Tyrone's car. Tony and uh, A.V. are confronted by Sol, Vinny, and Tyrone at a pub where Tony realizes that the trio's pistols are replicas. So they don't even have real guns. Dude, that's hysterical, man. Which, uh, which he contra- uh, contrasts with his only uh, – uh, with his real handgun and uh, intimidatingly them, you know, into leaving. Uh, wounded Boris arrives at the, with an assault rifle and a grenade launcher looking for the diamond, <laughs> but is shot and killed by Tony. Finally. Finally killed him. He's down. Dodge that motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't dodge that bullet. <laughs> so not only does he kill Tony, but he also wounds Tyrone at the same time. So Saul and Vinny... Leave with a wounded Tyrone and escape with the diamonds, which Vinny hides in his pants. Perfect. Tony catches up to them and, t- and tells them that the diamond is uh, back at the pawn shop. Once there, they produce the diamond, but it is promptly swallowed by <laughs> the squeaky dog. So he's got a squeaky toy and a diamond. Well, at first, at first, um, uh, Cousin Avi saw like, I, I'm going to kill the because do- at first he thought the dog had it. So as he's going through this whole thing, he's like, I'm going to cut the dog. He's got a knife, and they're swinging a gun around, going to shoot the dog. And so one, one of his henchmen are following the dog with a fucking you know, Rambo blade. And finally, he's like, no, it's here, it's here. And he pulls it out of his pants. And then just as Avi's holding it, that's when the dog comes up and just grabs it out, out of his hand and just runs, like, runs out of the door. Uh, so uh, it's swampy by the dog. So uh, 
and uh, Vinny got from the Irish tra- – oh, yeah, the dog actually came from the Irish traveling clan. That's right. This is the first time the dog is mentioned in the whole thing. But, yeah, I forgot he came from with them yeah, from, the, from there. So Avia wildly fires at the fleeing dog and accidentally killing Tony. He gives oh. up and returns to New York. So I think this is like his second trip back. He's like, I'm fucking done. Out of here. Yeah, he's, uh, he's like, I'm never going back there. <laughs> so finally we get back to Mickey. Mickey agrees to uh, fight to avoid the, uh, the carnage. Uh, but gets so drunk after his mother's wake that the Turkish feels that he will not be able to make it to the fourth round. Dude, when I say, when I say that he got drunk, he got drunk. Yeah, that was ridiculous. Like he was pouring. Like did you see a scene where he's like pouring over, like on the floor, just pouring liquor inside, and just getting hammered, hammered. We'll talk to you when uh, something happens to the family. All right, <laughs> just wait. <laughs> So Avery Wiley uh, – oh, no, we're already there. Sorry, I passed that. And so, uh, But if he fails to go down as agreed, Big uh, Bricktop vows that all his men will murder Turkish, Tommy, Mickey, and the entire clan of travelers. Uh, after arriving to the fight, Mickey t- takes it to the fourth round when he suddenly knocks out his opponent outside the uh, arena. Or sorry, he suddenly knocks out his opponent outside the arena as Tommy, Turkish, and Mickey are trying to run – for their lives, Bricktop and his men are all killed by the travelers because they've all decided to leave. They're leaving their, their little area. Mm-hmm. So Mickey, Mickey secretly bet on himself to win and waited until the fourth round to follow his clansmen's time to avenge their mother by abusing or ambushing and killing Bricktop and his men. So basically he bet on himself in the boxing match to win and yeah. it's coming out, coming out with a lot of money, but everybody's leaving town. So the next morning, the Turkish and, and uh, Tommy find the traveling the travelers campsite deserted, as Mickey and the uh, Pikes have escaped from with their winnings. Uh, when confronting the, confronted by the police, so they're all hanging out. These two guys are just hanging out, you know, like looking at this. The police show up. Uh, they can't explain why they're there until Vinny's dog suddenly arrives, <laughs> squeaking squeak. around, squeak, 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 and they claim, "Oh, we're just walking, walking the dog." And uh, Sol and Vinny are arrested when the police find Frankie and Tony's bodies in their car. So, unfortunately, after all of this, all their bungling and everything, they they still get popped. Turkish and Tommy take the dog to a veterinarian to extract the squeaky toy that it had swallowed and discovered the diamond in its stomach. As well, they consult with Doug about selling the diamond, and he calls Avi, who, guess what? returns to London to purchase it. So basically everything that happened in this whole movie was for nothing because in the end it ended up in the same correct hands it was supposed to at the beginning of the movie. It was supposed and to, it was supposed that, to go to cousin A.B. the whole time. Yeah, and he flies back here. He goes back to London. <laughs> we just see the scenes. He's, he's flying back out there. He just does a shot again and back out there and, um, so yeah, that's uh that's Snatch 2000, one of my favorite most for me like back then when I was working at um what was I working? I think I was working at Just for Feet. I went with a whole bunch of my friends and we just could not stop quoting that movie all the freaking time. I, I still quote that movie all the time. Boris the Buddha Ave Dog the Head, like all those guys. Just, to me it's a great movie. I think it's the the first um uh, I think it's the first Guy Ritchie movie. Maybe he did some independence, but the first I one that I think from. this was one or two. I looked at his. I looked at his. Um, his uh, his credits beforehand. Uh, no, Lock, Stock, and Smoking Barrel was his first one. Then this was the second one. Oh, see, I didn't even know he did Lock, Stock. Yeah, he was director and writer on on Lock, Stock, and Smoking Barrels. And if you ever want to see like a really like see like a maturity of a director from like then. 
to like now. If I'm not sure if you saw the gentleman. Oh, I was just gonna, actually just gonna Ooh, mention the gentleman. Man, if you you guys do your watch the yeah. gentleman. That's that's like you see a growth in a director. Yes, it's almost the same thing as Snatch, but I think it's a more older guy, Richie, and Matthew McConaughey in that movie is not good. He's great. Oh yeah, yeah. He is. And, I, and again, another thing, almost like the, it's just, it's weird. Like well, the I, I, to me, I think I think Colin Farrell's character is is oh yeah, he he's fantastic too. But to me, McConaughey is the one because yeah. he has like almost like that very slow deliberation as a villain. Yeah, and like this monologue, like you you know being the, the whole speech about his wife and the lion. I hope we do that movie maybe next year, but it's so yeah. Weird. And Guy Ritchie's had his hits or misses. Trust me, he's had some King Arthur. Yeah, we got we got King Arthur, and there was the Man from Uncle, you know. I like the Man from Uncle. Yeah, I wasn't, wasn't a big fan of that. You didn't like it? No, but then, I, I then he then he did both the Sherlock Holmes movies. You know, most people forget about. You that. You don't like those? Ooh, oh no, no! I said again, he and he did those. I, I didn't say. Oh, I didn't I like you did like no, those? No, the Man from oh. Uncle. You know, that's uh, mm, mm. the only one I think to me was like the King Arthur one, which was like because he made it too much like Snatch. I thought he was going to be make it differently, but then again, I think he did Aladdin. Yeah, he did, did he Aladdin do Aladdin too? Yep. Which yep. I liked Aladdin. Yep. I was like, oh shit, because it's 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 not the typical guy Richie, you know, the fast cuts, like the quick talking, like that's what Richie's known for. That's why I think King Arthur didn't work because he tried to make it too much like Snatch. I, and I think I, he didn't learned see, to, I didn't see the. You don't see the whole I thing. Don't, no, I didn't, see, no, I don't see that now. You have you watched Arthur King Arthur? Yeah, right? yeah I actually watched a couple. Of I think ago, it's yeah. a, I think it's a lot like Snatch. Like I, as far I, as like the cuts and like the the, the whole dialogue, it, it tries to be too snappy. Because to me, Snatch is a very snappy film. Like, there's always like that quick witted oh, dialogue. It's, it's yeah, it's from that same style. Like, and it's a very MTV esque. You know, when you want to, yeah. Look at, but yeah. if you look at Aladdin, and it's nothing like that at all. No, well, no, what, well, because guess what? Aladdin had Disney fucking raining his ass in. So, so <laughs> don't think it was like, hey, here, go go do Aladdin your way. No, it was like, hey, bitch, don't <laughs> do Papa that. Papa Iger's in the background here. Yeah, 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 we'll yeah no, he. he yeah, he had he had some uh, some restraint on that one. Now, did you know that there was a Snatch television series that came out? Uh, do you know the uh, the streaming service called Crackle? Yeah, I have Crackle. Yeah, t- uh, in t- uh, 2016, Crackle announced really? that they would hear, they went ahead and they released a uh, a series uh, Snatch. It was going to be based on the film, and it came out uh, in 2017, and it ran for two seasons. So, if anybody's really? interested to see like a television version of this. Have you seen uh, maybe it? no, I haven't. So maybe your your uh, idea of you know Soul and Vinny and and Tyrone, mm. maybe they maybe they ventured into that. So if anybody's interested, check out Crackle and make a comment on our Facebook page about you know, what you guys if you did see it or if you have already seen it, and let us know. I'm, I might mm. have to check that out and just kind of see what it is, what it's all well, about. It's kind of like my lazy day hanging up the dog. Maybe I'll maybe I'll put that on Crackle and check it out. Hmm. I didn't even know that. So. But uh, I think for rating wise, dude, for me, you know, the highest praise is a four to five straight jackets. And to me, four to five. I love this movie. Love, love. I never get tired of seeing it. I can watch it over and over again and never get bored. What's it's one of those ones. I swear, I thought I had, it's like, I was like, man, have I seen this before? And then I watched and there were like a bunch of scenes. I'm like, okay, I have seen this before. But then I, I guess it's been so long. Just everything seems so fresh to me. So I just enjoyed it even, even more. It's probably could have been my fourth time watching and I don't know, but it just, it was so good. Yeah. I, I've I seen it at least four times yeah. probably in a year. I, I watch it a lot. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I never get tired of it. No, I, 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 I definitely give it, I'll give it a, an upper three. I'll give it an upper three. Okay. That's, that's good. I mean, at least give it a three, but I, I like I said, love of this film. Guy Ritchie goes forward and he, guy, he's done some good thing, yeah, so, he's done some let, good let, things. Yeah. So good things and he's done some weird things like Madonna. <laughs> hey, he's got a kid out of that though. Yeah. <laughs> Future filmmaker right there. Yeah. 
All right, guys. Well, make sure you guys do check out the rest of the of, of our stuff on the Midnight Movies. Uh, we got a whole big catalog of three years worth, almost three years worth. So make yeah. sure you guys do check it out. We do have a lot more coming out this year. And uh, like I said, like we said earlier, uh, last last month was our drinking month, and we're gonna have fun doing the two thousand series this this week this uh, month. Yeah, 2000, 2010 should be fun times. We're doing this one, and we got some other goodness planned for the month. Check out the Facebook page. And from Mike to me to you, get to the asylum. We will see you soon, kids. Bye.